What's going on, everybody? This is Pastor Josh, and you are listening to another episode of the Preach That Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Preach That Podcast, episode 14. We are rolling here. We are getting going. First, before I forget, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Thank you for checking it out. Thank you for sharing on social media, whatever social media is your favorite. Please share, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify, whether you're watching on YouTube, please share wherever you're at. I really appreciate it. It gets the word out there. God is blessing what we're doing here. He is growing this channel uh, day by day. Uh, Praise God for that. All the glory to him. I'm just doing what I feel led to do. Uh, And as I hear the feedback from you guys and I receive your encouragement, that just uh, solidifies that to me that I'm listening, that I'm hearing from God and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So thank you guys so much for that. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, It's at Pastor Josh MC on Instagram and TikTok. Um, also on YouTube where you can search my name, Josh, it's M-C-L-A-I-N-1-C in my last name on YouTube, um, or it is the Preach That podcast on Apple and Spotify. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening, watching, whichever one, thank you. Um, this week, I'm going to share the sermon that I preached this past Sunday on February 5th. Um, today's Friday, February 10th as I record this. I don't know why I always say that. I, I love like the behind the scenes stuff, the background, the extra information, um, like on podcasts and shows that I watch and listen to. So maybe that's why I share it so much because I, I like to know, like I'm, I'm watching somebody, oh, hey, they recorded this yesterday. They recorded this two weeks ago. It kind of puts it in better perspective for me, I guess. I don't know. So that's why I always share it. So it's Friday the 10th, uh, 4.40 PM as I record this, um, uh, my wife is getting ready to head here and pick me up in a little bit. There's a dodgeball tournament at, uh, the school that she teaches at that our children attend um, tonight. So we're going to go hang out and have some fun and watch that. But anyways, what you guys tuned in for is not my personal life. It's about what's going on with Preach That Podcast. So this sermon I preached, I was extremely anxious to preach this and not an anxious, nervous, but anxious, excited. This is another one. Uh, I feel like every single message that I preach, God just continues to ramp up my excitement uh, ramp up the enthusiasm, the passion behind it. I just, um, I really, man, I just love, I love what God has blessed me with the gifts and the ability and the opportunity and the outlet to do. I am just so, man, I'm so thankful. I'm so excited and thankful, everything. Um, this message is one, I've never been more exhausted after I preached a message. Like it was just mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically exhausting. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I was still battling, which I still am. I have a little bit of the the sinus stuff still going on. That's so annoying, but I, I'm getting better. Praise the Lord. I was battling some of that. I had was you know made sure I took medicine and nasal spray so I didn't sound like I was so I didn't sound like Squidward whenever I was <laughs> preaching up there. Which I, I don't know why I care about it so much, but uh, it would just drive me nuts if that was the case. But I I almost I was so overwhelmed by the spirit whenever I walked off stage I almost left the sanctuary and just went and shut myself in my office and just like sat down and broke down and just in emotions and the spirit was so overwhelming it was it was powerful man the the worship and like everything about that Sunday service was powerful it was so awesome it was so much fun and man you could just feel had nothing it had nothing to do with me the week before was the same when whenever my father-in-law was preaching it was just man it was a good service um if you were there make you know comment on this video on youtube if you're watching on youtube if you were there and if you're listening on, on audio run over to youtube really quick and comment and back me up on this testify to how amazing service was on sunday it was man it was awesome but this sermon that i preached was called be prepared and it's something that God really put on my heart. Those of you that watch and listen will, it'll make total sense to you when I say in the sermon that how God has had me focused on things of the spirit, the supernatural, spiritual warfare, and apologetics, because that's uh, Brother James and I did an episode a while back on uh, super, on uh, apologetics and spiritual warfare, both. Um, I hope you guys also, by the way, side note, I hope you enjoyed or uh, the testimonies that Brother James and I shared last week. Uh, make sure if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it, man. It's You're going to want to see it. You'll re- it will resonate with you. God will speak to you through that. Um, but also... Um, 
it was just man, it was just powerful just hearing sharing your testimony is important it's your testimony matters it it, it, it just matters so much share your story with whoever will listen to it because it'll change somebody's life i promise um so go back and listen to that episode after this if you haven't um <clears throat> but the there's three points three things that god really put on my heart three areas as believers that we need to be prepared in spiritual warfare being prepared for the return of God and be prepared to give an account of the hope that we have that we find in first Peter three fifteen. Uh, make sure that we're prepared to defend the faith, to share our faith, to share our story, uh, and and to stand strong in the word, in the gospel, stand in the firm in the faith. Um, there's so many Bible verses that go along with that that I could have shared in the message that I didn't, um, but. It was, it was just, it was so much fun. It was exhausting in the best way possible. Um, just the whole service, man, was anointed. Um, but the, the message, be prepared. I don't feel like I was, I don't feel like I was a very prepared Christian until recently, until the last several months, six months, um, maybe even a year, probably closer to six months. I, God has just been taking me on another journey and, and I also mentioned the message, but usually like my personal time with God, the things that I'm interested in studying are usually separate from messages. Like I'll, a lot of times life experience, uh, something that comes up that a lesson that God teaches me in life, I will share, but like what I'm studying, what I'm reading, um, is usually separate from my message. It's usually I'm reading and studying and focusing on this and I'm preaching this. Um, but this is one of really the first ones that both of those kind of came together and what I was really studying and focused on and, and thinking about and in my personal time was the message this time. Um, and so I'm not going to talk for too terribly long um, because it was a, I think it was like a 45 minute uh, video for the message. But um, I just want to encourage you guys today, be prepared get ready for the questions that you're going to get from others. Be ready for the battles that you're going to face. Be ready to see the Lord face to face. Be ready to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, instead of depart from me, I never knew you. Be prepared, be on guard, be ready to go in season and out of season in all situations. It's I say it a lot and it sounds hyperbolic, but it's true, guys. Now more than ever, we've got to be prepared. We've got to focus on Christ. We've got to just immerse ourselves in Scripture and in the Word and in prayer and His presence and fellowship with other believers. We need to be prepared. It's only... We're only going to get more questions. We're only going to get more pushback. We're only going to get more hate. We're only going to get more condescension we're only going to get more negative as time goes on from this point on it's that what we're going to get from the world is only going to be more negative but don't let that discourage you because people that are going to bring you that negativity the words of love and positivity that you speak over them the words in scripture that you speak over them is going to change their life okay it will change their life i promise i'm not making it up i've seen it happen I've seen it happen in person. I've seen it happen online through conversations, guys. Be prepared every day, every moment of every situation. You don't have to have the Bible memorized from cover to cover. You you don't have to know it all right now, but we have to spend time studying. We have to spend time in the Word and in prayer to get prepared. We need, we need to memorize Scripture little bit by little bit. We need to write it on our hearts and have it in our hearts so that way when we need it, in, in conversation with people, when we need it in uh, a moment with a family or a child or a friend or a coworker, when we have those moments arise and something comes, we need to be prepared to seize the moment, make the most of every opportunity and preach the gospel, preach the word, preach the love of Christ. We, we need to be prepared. I know it's the title of the message. I know I keep saying it, but I'm going to keep saying it because it's true. We need to be prepared. It's time that the church quits playing dress up, that quits playing games, that it gets serious about what's serious. 
It's time that the church takes things seriously. It's time that we take spiritual warfare seriously and we get out there and we fight battles and we be bold and we be brave and not cower and run away in fear. We need to get serious about seeing the Lord and hearing well done, good and faithful servant. We need to get serious about sharing our testimony, defending our faith and speaking up, speaking out and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and preaching the good news of hope. We need to take it serious. We need to be prepared for all of those things at all times. So, if I talk too much more, I'm going to I'm going to just re-preach the message and I'm going to share too much information and it's going to just it, it, you won't get as much out of it. So, I'm going to stop talking um in just a second and uh then we'll get into the message, get into the the meat of this episode, episode 14. I have been getting really bold with proclaiming the the episode number without double checking so i hope that that doesn't come back to bite me and i hope i don't mess it up but um yeah thank you guys again for watching listening uh following on social media sharing on social media everything that you guys are doing is incredible i'm blown away by what god's doing with this um so thank you guys so much for coming along for the ride um i'm gonna play a short clip here uh and then we'll get into the the episode um Actually, I'm just going to talk about it real quick. So my wife and I started um, a nonprofit organization called New Impact Ministries. We started it in memory of her mom. Um, February 16th uh, will be two years since she passed away. Uh, We started that to, she had a passion for kids. She had a passion for um, the elderly. She had a passion for the family unit and just helping people and blessing people. And so we started New Impact Ministries to do that in our communities in honor of her. Um, so if you want to go to newimpactministries.org, um, you can go and kind of see what we're about, see some of the things that we've got going on. Um, you can give financially if you feel led to do that that way on there. We don't get any of the money. We don't get a salary from this. We don't profit from this. All of the money that is donated to New Impact Ministries is funneled out through New Impact Ministries to bless people. We have a storage unit that it pays for that we keep diapers, wipes, kids' clothes, toys, a bunch of stuff like that, that when people are in need, we can go there and get it for them. Um, It also goes to pay for the monthly fee for the website, um, for the uh, accounting software, all that kind of stuff. So if you give financially, please know it's not going in our pocket. It's going to uh, New Impact Ministries and going to bless people. So um, I've got a little, if you've seen or heard any other episodes, I've got a little like ad, so to speak, uh, that I put in there sometimes, but I'm not, I, I need to do a new one because I want to explain it better, kind of like I just did now. So um, if you want to do that, uh, please do that. P- regardless, please pray for New Impact Ministries. Pray, pray for my wife and I. Um, the podcast, the ministry, the church, our jobs, our kids, life is busy. It's crazy sometimes, but it's all worth it because God is leading us in all of these. He's not leading us in all of these directions. All of these things are converging onto the path that he has for us to take. And he is leading the charge and we couldn't be more excited about it. We couldn't be more grateful and thankful and humbled by it all. So um, newimpactministries.org, check that out. Um, If you want to give, please, that that would be incredible. We appreciate that so much. I appreciate you guys for listening. So now we will get on into the message. Be prepared on episode 14 of the preach that podcast we will see you guys on social media at some point throughout the week and if not i will see you next week a little bit of a delay i'm running sound and preaching today so uh, peter's at home not feeling well with mama so uh, her absence is greatly felt here especially back there in the sound booth but uh before i get to this i want to get to this because i don't want anybody to be distracted this morning Technical difficulties happen. We've been using that iPad for how many months now? Almost a year. Never one issue. There's something that God has for us today that the enemy does not want us to hear. Whether it was words on the song, whether it was the song that he's telling us that that reminds us that God will never leave us nor forsake us and he doesn't want us to remember that, whether it's words that the Holy Spirit's going to speak through me, there is something here that Satan does not want you to hear and to know and to understand and believe and put into practice in your life. So I want to make sure that there's no distractions, there's no any of that. We're going to pray over that right now and then I'll get back to this. 
Father, we just come in the name of Jesus and we stand in our authority that we have as followers of you, believers in you with the Holy Spirit inside of us and we come against the, the spirit of distraction right now in the name of Jesus and we ask your Holy Spirit to have your way in this place. Lord, would you hollow me out and only the words that you would have to be spoken here this morning be heard in the hearts and in the minds of these people here and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Back to this. I... Uh, God has had me in a really interesting place, and I know it's the Lord. There's been confirmation last week from Pastor Tim's message, and then uh, speaking with him this week and just confirmation. He's had me focused on two things that I have never been like just all in before. I've never just d dove into these particular things. One of them I'm going to speak about briefly because it was mentioned heavily last week, and that is things in the spiritual realm and spiritual warfare. I have gone from a young man that was absolutely terrified of anything supernatural to a not so young man that seeks and wants, I mean, I'm asking the Lord on a daily basis to show me things in the spirit realm. There are things that are happening around us that we've got to understand are real and they are happening and that involves us. The other thing that he's really had me diving into lately is the world of apologetics. It comes from a Latin and Greek word, and I'm not even going to try and say it because I think I butchered it in the first, uh, first ser service. But basically, when I was growing up, I always thought that apologetics was like, why, why do Christians apologize for their faith? That doesn't make any sense to me. That's just always what I thought as a young man. The word apologetic in the original language that it comes from, it means to give a defense, as in a court system. So apologetics is not being trying to be humble and I'm sorry if my faith, no. It is standing bold and firm on the truth of God's word and defending our faith. And those two things, the supernatural and apologetics, they go hand in hand and especially in this day and age that we find ourselves in right here and right now. Uh, I'm gonna say day and age, this season, all of the famous, the favorite Christian cliches, I've always heard cliches are cliche for a reason, so I'm gonna keep using it because we are in a specific season right now in this time, in this day and age, this dispensation, whichever one of the cliches is your favorite, just substitute that in every time I say it because I'm gonna say it a lot. And that is where the title of this message comes from. The, the things that God has had me, oftentimes whenever I'm spending time in the word and with the Lord and writing sermons and, and hearing from the Lord, it's usually two separate things. Oftentimes, my personal study time doesn't bleed into the, the messages that I preach. But this one, it, it could not go any more together, any more hand in hand. I know that God had me, has had me in this place for a reason, and it's time, I believe, that the church gets to a similar place as well. So I gave you a little bit of a Latin lesson this morning of apologetics, so we're going to move on into the meat of what God has for us today. I know that these two things are crucial in this time that we find ourselves in, and I want to hit on three distinct points this morning. The first two are going to go a little bit more briefly because we heard about spiritual warfare last week, but I still want to touch on it again. Uh, there's a couple other things that we hear regularly, and then the third point is where we'll spend the majority of our time. But the first thing that I want to talk about this morning is being prepared for that spiritual warfare that we heard about last week that we find ourselves in. I, I tell you what, you, can't, you cannot wake up and put your feet on the floor in the morning without being entrenched in spiritual warfare. It is all around us. It, it is real. And I know that there's a lot of believers out there because I was one for a long, long time that just want to pretend that it's not real or it's not important for everybody or it's just the pastor and just the elders that are supposed to fight these spiritual battles. I'm telling you right now, it is real and it is for all of us. We are all soldiers in the army of God and we all have battles that we will face. We all have victories to win in Christ. So if you're wondering exactly what it is that we're preparing for, we're going to get to it right here. If you have any questions about any of these, please come find one of the pastors after service. Reach out to us throughout the week. Whatever you want to do, whatever you need, please reach out to us. We are here for you. We are here to help you in your walk with Christ. The elders are the same. Your brothers and sisters are the same. You all know at least one person in this church that's full of the Holy Spirit, that is humble in their walk with Christ, that will help you. So please reach out to somebody and just talk about these things, study these things, and understand these things. But I want to start in Ephesians chapter 6 that we heard last week, verses 10 through 12. And there it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This has become a subject that is on the forefront of many believers' hearts and minds in recent history. Pastor Tim just preached an hour and a half long message on it that was powerful last week about spiritual warfare, our authority as believers. Uh, Brother James and I several weeks ago recorded a podcast that was over an hour long just about spiritual warfare. Rebecca has been posting regularly on Facebook about uh, things from the Lord about spiritual warfare. I keep seeing more and more believers that are either speaking about it, preaching about it, or asking questions about it. Because as we get closer and closer to the day that the Lord will call us home and we hear that trumpet sound, the spiritual things are only going to be more and more active. If you don't have experience with it right now and you don't know if it's real or you're not sure about it or what it's like, I promise you, just wait. You're going to find out how real it really is. People online, whenever I'm conversing back and forth, they tell me that I'm a moron because I tell them that the things of the spirit are more real than whoever you are that I'm typing to on the other side of this internet machine. The things of the spirit are real and they are important. We need to put on the full armor of God. Paul wasn't using hyperbole or just trying to be fancy or be dramatic when he says to put on the full armor of God when we march into these battles. We need the armor of God on. We cannot go into battle against the enemy of the universe without the armor of God on. It is serious business. It is crucial that we go into scripture. Even Allie last week was talking about the armor of God at this time. The women are studying the armor of God right now. On Tuesday night, they're going to resume that study. The armor of God is so important. Whether we like it or not, we are in a supernatural spiritual battle every single day. We go to a kid's birthday party and we're in spiritual battle. We go to Walmart. We go anywhere. We are in a spiritual battle. The supernatural is real. Now hear this, not everything in your life will be a supernatural event. But in every event of your life, we need to be walking in the spirit so we are prepared for those battles. We need to be walking in the spirit so we can count ourselves ready, count ourselves prepared for these battles. We need to be not just hearers of the word, but doers also. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through six, it tells us, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. We don't wage war the way that the world wages war. When we're arguing or we're debating or we're defending our faith or we're speaking to someone about the Lord, we're not speaking to them, we are speaking to their spirit. And oftentimes we are speaking to the spirits that are affecting them. It is a spiritual battle. The people that come after me and tell me that I'm a lunatic that believes in a fairy tale, I'm not talking to the person, I'm talking to the spirit that's behind it. We are entrenched in battle on a daily basis. I'll say it one more time before I move on to point number two. The supernatural is real. It is real and it is important that we are prepared to walk in that. If you need to be prepared to walk in that, set yourself 90 minutes aside and go on Facebook or YouTube or Rumble or wherever it is and listen to Pastor Tim's message from last week to get more in-depth about the spiritual warfare and who you are in Christ. I don't have time to preach an hour and a half and mine. Mine was already kind of long. Lathan picked up my notes to hand them to me and he goes, is this going to be a long one? Maybe. The second thing that we need to be prepared for, and I think we all know it, but I'm going to say it anyways, Jesus. We need to be prepared for when we hear that trumpet sound. We need to be prepared for when we come face to face with him. Romans 13, 12 through 14 says that the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. There's the armor again. It is critical that we have the armor on. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, 
not carousing in drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Everybody thought they were going to get off the hook with the whole debauchery and, and sexual immorality. And then we get to dissension and jealousy. And it's like, ooh. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. If anybody's missed it, there's a lot going on in the world. There are a lot of things going on in the world that we will experience in our flesh. And I know you're going to think, well, Pastor Josh, you just said it's all spiritual. How can it be? How can we have battles of the flesh if everything's a spiritual battle? I'm here to tell you that it's both. We have battles in our flesh and we have battles in the spirit and those two come together. We are created in the image of God. We have a flesh and we have a spirit. So we're going to have battles in each. There are going to be different things and spirits that affect our flesh and our flesh is going to affect our spirit. It's important that we walk in unity and have our flesh and our spirit together. We get our flesh in line by getting our spirit in line. We get our flesh where it needs to be by walking and putting on the armor of God and being prepared for the spiritual battles and being prepared for when we see the Lord again. Time is short. We might hear the trumpet while I'm talking. You never know. And after we get ourselves prepared to hear that trumpet, it's on us to go out and get them prepared to hear that trumpet. We've got to be prepared in this season. In this time that we find ourselves, we've got to be prepared, which brings us to point number three that we're going to spend the next 72 minutes on. And for that, I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And this is where this one verse, I read this one verse and I had to put it in context because we don't want to just pull stuff out of context and make it say what we want it to say. It's got to say what God said it was going to say. But this verse 15 is where what inspired God used to inspire this message. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It's time that we as the church are prepared to give an account for the hope that we have in Jesus. It's time that we, this is where the apologetic side of it comes up because when we're defending our faith, we're giving an account. Why do we, why do we believe it? Because we have hope in what Christ said. We have hope in the truth of God's word and what scripture tells us. It's time that the church stand on the truth and be prepared to give an account for the hope, the peace, the joy, the patience, the gentleness, the self-control, the fruits of the spirit that we find in our lives, it's time that we be prepared to speak about those things to the world. Amen. It's time, I, I, am, I am tired of seeing and hearing and listening to and talking to defeated Christians. So many followers of Christ that are walking around and, and when you talk to them, it's, well, yeah, this week was really rough at work. Yeah, my, my kids are just really misbehaving. We're just really, you know, behind, behind the eight ball financially. I'm not discounting any of those things, but there is hope in those things in Christ. Even in the midst of the darkness and the despair and the anger and the frustration and the depression, and the anxiety or the whatever it is that you're dealing with, there is hope in the midst of those things because there is hope in Christ. It's time that we stand tall in Jesus' name and walk in boldness and confidence in boldness and in confidence. I've said it many times before, the difference between arrogance and confidence is who your faith is in. If I stand up here, my faith is in me to deliver this message, I am in arrogance and it's not gonna go forth. But if I stand here when my faith is in the Holy Spirit to empower me to preach his words, I have confidence in him. I can be bold and confident without being arrogant and self-centered. This isn't about me. This is about the kingdom of God. We have confidence and boldness in Christ. We can walk in victory in every area of our life. It's not easy and it's not going to be. If you read the Bible, it tells us it's not going to be. It not only tells us, it promises it's not going to be easy. And we get so defeated and shocked whenever it's hard. 
when we struggle with something. When we, we pick up that same sin for the millionth time and we beat ourselves up about it and we're just shocked by it. The Bible tells us it's not gonna be easy, but there is hope in Christ. We must be prepared to live our lives in such a way that it proves the gospel to be true. I love the saying that I've heard many times, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Our actions matter and we find that truth in Colossians chapter four, verses five and six. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Answer everyone in what? Defending our faith, sharing the gospel. It says right here to be wise in the way that we act toward outsiders. Listen, I'm the first one to tell you that there are many outsiders that I messed it up with. There's a lot of people in traffic or that won't get out of the way in the grocery store or customer service people that don't want to give me my free stuff that I deserve. There are plenty of people that I have messed Colossians chapter four verses five and six up with. I can, I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. I, I've, I've messed it up too many times to count, but that's not a reason to not fix it now. That's not a reason to be, not be wise in the way that we act toward outsiders now. Make the most of every opportunity, every chance we get. The conversation doesn't even have to be about Jesus for it to be an opportunity to talk about Jesus. If we are prepared in our walk with Christ, if we are prepared as we go into spiritual warfare, as we go out to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, if we're prepared, any situation will be an opportunity that we can take advantage of. We've got to be prepared in every moment, in season and out of season. We are to be wise how we act towards others. Is anybody here familiar with the name Christopher Hitchens? He's one of the most famous atheists and God-haters in history. He devoted the vast majority of his adult professional life to traveling the world and preaching that God is not real and writing books. One of his most famous books is God is Not Great is the title of the book, How Religion Ruins Everything. That's literally the title of the book. Now, I've got to say, I hadn't, I've heard of him before, and I just recently watched a debate between uh, somebody that I'm a fan of and Christopher Hitchens. They were debating on if God was real and the creation of the universe, all that kind of stuff. I've, I've been nerding out on that stuff. I'm just going to be honest. They're not as smart as they want to seem. All of these, if you ever get in a conversation with atheists, I'm going to give you their game plan, their roadmap, their strategy right now. They're going to deflect and insult you. <laughs> Because how else can you respond to the truth if you refuse to believe it? And one of the things that they use so often, and we as Christians, as believers, we think that it's silly, but it's a reality that we have to face. Because one of their favorite things, one of this man, one of his favorite things to talk about was, well, if God was so good, then why do Christians do so much evil? If, the, if God was real, Christians would just be perfect and love everybody and treat everyone with love and respect and they'd follow all the commandments. And Well, we understand the, the fallacy there. What does Satan always take? A little bit of truth and mix it with lies. There's some truth there. There are believers, and if we're all honest with ourselves, we are all included in that at some point in our life that have been pretty crappy Christians to other people. And we've given the enemy a stronghold in our lives and in the church to point at us and say, well, if God was real, they wouldn't act like that. If God was real, there wouldn't be so much division in our churches today. It's time that we get prepared to fight these battles. Be prepared to fight the division before it even comes in the door. Be prepared on how to act around outsiders, how to carry ourselves in public and in this world so that we can exemplify the love and the grace and the mercy of God. It's on us to act accordingly. Our actions don't save us, we know that. Our actions have no bearing on our eternity, but they might have some bearing on the eternity of someone else that we come into contact with. We may be the only Bible that some people read, we may be the only example of Christ that they will ever come into contact with. And if it's rude and arrogant, if it's self-serving, if it's de deceitful, if it's deceptive, why in the world would they ever want any part of it? 
We need to be prepared for those moments. Listen, there's, I'm just going to be real, there's a lot of really dumb people out there that frustrate me. But I've got to treat them with gentleness and respect. I've got to go into these conversations. I've been a lot more active online lately, and I've got people coming at me from left and right. I was in a conversation for an hour and a half last night with a guy that was telling me that the God of the Quran and the God of the Bible are the same one. There's no God of the Bible, it's just God. You know how badly I wanted to tell him how I really felt about what he was saying? But I stayed in my calling and I stayed in the preparation that I have done and all I did was share truth with him. He wanted to try and quote, quote Paul to defend his faith and I said, well, how can you quote Paul when Paul says that if you preach any other gospel, that I, the one that I have given you, let God's curse be against you. It doesn't work both ways. You can't just take from this side and put it over here and then do your little dance and say that you're smart and that you know what's going on. It's true or it's false. It's life or it's death. But we've gotta be prepared he didn't like it when I told him the truth that Allah is a demon at best, Satan at worst. You well. <laughs> but what we do, how we act, how we carry ourselves matter. And we can only act accordingly and walk in the authority that God has given us if we prepare ourselves for those moments. So how do we prepare ourselves? Aside, I told first service, aside from the default yet very true foundational truth of answering that question of being your word and pray. So let's go to the word to find out exactly how we can prepare for this. What can we do to be prepared when we go into the world? Deuteronomy chapter six, verses five through nine. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. I could probably stop there. I'm not going to, but I could probably stop there. If you read that verse and if that doesn't, if you read that verse and the first person that you think of is not yourself, we've got some work to do. We should all be prepared. We should all be loving God with all of our heart and our soul and our strength. That's the first step to being prepared is making sure that God is in the rightful place in our lives, that he is the priority, not a priority, the priority. We will never be prepared if God is not at the head of everything. We've got to get that back in place. Verse six, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is how we prepare for the spiritual battles. This is how we prepare our hearts for when Christ comes back. This is how we prepare to give an account for the hope that we have in Christ. Write these commandments on your hearts. Impress them on your children. It doesn't say impress them on your children when they're young either. I don't care how old Peter, Zeke, and Caleb get. If they're 45 years old, if the Lord hasn't come back yet and they're acting ridiculous and they're going out in the world's way, I'm going to impress these truths on my children. I don't care if your children are still in diapers like my last one or if they're full grown and have kids of their own and you've got great grandkids. Impress these commandments on your children. Share the truth with your family. It tells us right here, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Let the words of God be on our lips at all times. You will always be prepared to give an account for the hope that you have in your heart if his words are continually on your lips. If you are continually in the presence of God, studying his word, diving in and reading and understanding, we will always be prepared when we write these truths on our heart, when we speak these words on a daily basis, when we tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. If I was wearing uh, one single Michael Jackson glove right now, everybody would, that's all you guys could look at. If I was wearing a, a headband up here that had a scripture on it, that's the, all you guys would be able to notice. That's what scripture is trying to tell us. Make the word of God so evident in your life that when you walk in the room, people just know you've got Jesus. Be prepared. Prepare in your word in a, such a way that when you walk in the room, peace follows you. Joy follows you. The Holy Spirit is continually with you wherever you go. Whether it's a good day or a bad day or an in-between, 
and we write these truths on our heart, other places in scripture say to wear them around your neck, what it's telling us is to make it obvious. I've got a t-shirt on under this, and I was gonna take it off, but I got real sweaty in the first service, so I'm just gonna keep this hoodie on for now. But I've got a t-shirt on under this. The back of it says, treat other people like Jesus died for them. I love this shirt. I love the saying. I've got the sticker on my phone. I, I, that's, I love it. But I shouldn't have to take this hoodie off when I got in public for people to know that that's how I feel. I shouldn't have to wear this t-shirt for people to know that I love Jesus and that Jesus died for them. I should be able to go out in public wearing this hoodie or a parka and they can sense the love of God on me where I go. That is another way that we can be prepared. Whenever our presence speaks for us because we carry the Holy Spirit in such a way that nobody can deny it. Write them on your hearts. Tie them as symbols on your hands and your foreheads. Write them on door frames of your houses. And this is not to brag, this is just an example. We've had uh, uh, several people come to our house and one person came over and said, I don't even know why I'm here. I just feel better when I'm in at your house. I just feel the presence of God when I'm here and I, I don't even really know God that well. But I just know that whenever I, whenever I need him, I should just come here. It's no glory to us. It's all glory to God. All we've done is prepare. All we've done is speak these truths in our house, impress them on our children. We must be prepared. We don't have to have the big fancy, while they're beautiful, we don't need the, the columns, the brick columns out by our driveway that have scriptures on them that people can see it when they pull in. They should sense the presence of God when they come in our homes, when they get in our cars, when they come in this church, when they're around us and in our presence. We've got to be prepared. The Bible tells us to study, to show ourselves approved, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I want to share something with you this morning. That verse does not say read to show yourselves approved. Now, I, was the, I, I set up everything for the reading plan and, and to read the Bible in a year with everybody. We must read our Bible, but that verse says to study to show yourselves approved. Reading is surface level, and we need to read it. We need to know it. We can't be prepared if we don't know it, and we've got to read it to know it. But to be prepared on another level, we've got to study the word. We've got to understand what it says. We've got to understand the context of what the word says and who is speaking and who are they speaking to and in what time in history and what, what was the tradition then. Yes. Listen, I can't speak anything but English. I got about four words of Spanish, and that's all you're going to get out of me. But there are resources. Amen. Was that for me or you? <laughs> there are resources out there. I've got a, a keyword. Uh, I, Pastor Tim has one and he showed me his and then I went and bought one. It's a keyword study Bible where different words throughout the Bible are highlighted. And then in the back, it has a Hebrew and Greek dictionary that tells you the meaning of the words. And that Bible wasn't very cheap. So if you don't want to do that, go to the internet and go to, I believe it's blueletterbible.com. And that will give you the, the definition and the original language to the word the. Every word in scripture there are resources out there for us. We can study the word. You want to be prepared for the fiery darts of the enemy? You want to be prepared for the, the conversations that you're going to have? For the people out there that are going to tell you that you're crazy and you believe in fairy tales and you're a nut job and your electricity is just going to fade and you're going to go into the ground like everybody else? Study the word of God. Understand the word of God. So it's always on our hearts. It's on our hands. It's on our foreheads. It's around our neck. It's evident in our lives. I'm not the best at memorizing, but I'm trying to get better. We've got to study the word. We've got to know what the word says. It will be evident to those around you what God you are serving. It says to, to, to put it on your hand, to put it on your forehead, to, to wear it around your neck, to bind it on your heart. The, the world around you is going to know what God you're serving. If you're serving the God of self, everyone around you is going to know because you're only going to talk about yourself. I did this. I want this. I went here. I, I, me, 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 I, I. If you're serving the God of money, everyone around you is going to know because that's all you're going to talk about. Man, I made this much money on this investment. And my Bitcoin portfolio is at this and, and, and my new business venture is this. If you serve the God of this world, all you're going to talk about is the world the latest TV show or the latest sporting event. And listen, if you know me, you know I love sports. You know I love entertainment. But if I'm studying that, 
I'm not studying the word. I'm not saying that we should be hermits and live in this bubble where all we ever do is just pray and read scripture and do nothing else. But it goes back to that list of priorities that I was talking about. I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Don't take this as condemnation or beating up on anybody. I'm the first person to go to the couch and turn the TV on instead of going to my word whenever I know I should. But it's that moment of conviction when the Lord reminds you, say, hey, I'm over here. You need to get ready, dude. You don't know what battle's about to face you tomorrow. You need to get prepared. Are we going to listen to that voice? Have we positioned ourselves in our lives where we know that voice? We need to know the voice of the Lord. We need to know what his word says and be prepared. People will know the God that you serve. I've got a newsflash for everybody here. Everybody that drove past here so far today, when they see your car sitting in the parking lot, they know what God you serve. They know where we stand. They know what we believe. So why be afraid or ashamed or embarrassed to believe it, to speak it, to preach it, to defend it? So often we we get in our own heads and and we let the enemy work against us and there we are back to the flesh and the spirit and the warfare that we find ourselves in and we're like, well, it'll be just better if I I just keep my mouth shut. It'll just be better for everybody because I'm not super confident in this and I don't know it because we're not prepared. The reason that we have embarrassment about speaking on the things of God is because we're not prepared for it. We don't understand it. We're not ready to give an account for the hope that we have because we're not really even sure why we have it. Some of us, our parents told us that we have it. Some of us, we had it at one point and it's so far away, we we don't even know where it went and it's just a, a, a distant memory. Some people have been searching for it for decades and have still never found that hope that I'm speaking about. If we get in the word, if we get prepared, if we spend time with God and his presence and know his voice, we can find that hope again. We can experience that hope in our lives. The hope that comes in Jesus Christ. You want to know why I'm prepared to give a defense for the hope that I have? You know why I care about this so much? Because I was once dead and now I'm alive. Because I was once lost and now I'm found. I was once on a straight path to hell and now I get to spend eternity in heaven with Christ. I had seen this video a few days ago and my dad just mentioned it to me after the last service. If anybody knows Penn and Teller, the magicians, uh, which was it Penn or Teller that said it? Penn Gillette said this. He's an a, he's a, a outspoken atheist. And even in his disbelief in God, dare I say, distaste or hatred for God. He said, how much do you have to hate somebody to believe that they're going to spend eternity in hell and not tell them? I heard that. I was like, that should be coming from the stages of our churches, not the man out there that is on that path. How much do we have to care about ourselves and our own image to not share the truth of, of Scripture, the truth of Christ, the gospel that saves? If we're not prepared for it, we're never going to do it. If we're not ready to give an account for the hope or if we don't understand the hope or don't understand the word, we're never going to do it. Every single one of us has somebody that we're thinking of right now that is on that path, that is dead in their sin, that is lost and blind. Are we prepared to share the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ with them? If they come to us one day and ask questions, are we prepared to answer them? Are we prepared to be ambassadors of Christ? It's time that we get prepared. Allie and Lindsay, you guys can come on out. I'll end with this final thought here. And I was, I was preparing this and, and God began to speak to me. 
And oftentimes, whenever we, whenever we feel less than or discouraged or, or whatever the case is, and oftentimes we'll think of all the examples of men in the Bible that, that were sinful people that God used to do mighty things. David's one of, always one of the most famous. We always talk about how Davis was an adulterous murderer, and yet he was called a man after God's own heart. And we read that and we aspire, but man, I wish I could be like David. I want to be a man or a woman after God's own heart. You want to know why God said that David was a man after his own heart? Because he was seeking his own heart. Because he was spending time with the Lord. It wasn't the, the, the battles and the victories that he won. It wasn't slaying Goliath that made him a man after God's own heart. He was a man after God's own heart long before that, that, in, that interaction with Goliath. Because if he wasn't a man after God's own heart, he wouldn't have marched out there and said, thus saith the Lord, in the name of the Lord and the God of Israel. He was a man after God's own heart long before he encountered those battles because he was prepared. He knew who God was. He knew his authority. He knew who he was in the Lord. Do you want to be a man or a woman after God's own heart? Chase after God's own heart like nothing else matters. Seek him. What does scripture say? And you will find. Knock and the door will be open. We like to hear that, read that scripture. A lot of times we see it and we think, oh, if I, if I seek the Lord, he'll give me what I want. Why don't you want him? Forget about the blessings and the gifts and, and the anointings. I want God. I want to seek God. I want to knock at the door and be in the presence of the Lord. I want to seek and be prepared to give an account for the hope that I have. I want to seek God and be prepared for the battles that are going to come my way so I can look those enemies in the eye and I can see those spirits eye to eye and to declare that I am, have authority in Christ. I wasn't going to tell the story, but I'm going to tell it real quick. There was an experience in our old house whenever I was at class one night. And I, the, after the fact, Allie called me when I was on my home from class. Uh, I would always call her. I, my apprenticeship, I had to go all the way to Decatur for class. We lived in Sullivan. It didn't get over until like 9.30, so I got home late. And on the way home, I, we were talking on the phone, and she was telling me about something that had happened in our home. And I forget, she, she had come out of the back room. I think Peter was a baby at the time. And she had come out there, and there was, there was someone standing in our living room. An older, correct me if I'm wrong, an older man with a top hat and a dark coat. Could you, could you see his face? He was standing there in our living room. Thank God my wife was prepared. Because when she took authority and she called her dad and took authority, the man that was standing there melted and disappeared. because she was prepared to take authority in Christ. She was prepared to take her seat at the right hand of the Father as a co-heir with Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit in her. Listen, if that freaks you out, I apologize. But what I said at the beginning of this, the supernatural is real. The enemy's not gonna hide forever. He's barely hiding now. He's so arrogant at this point, he's making himself blatantly obvious in most situations. Are we prepared to go toe to toe and stand against the enemy and stand for Christ? Are we prepared to give an account? Are we prepared to tell that story without people thinking that I'm a lunatic? A lot of people I tell that story, I'm like, dude, you're crazy. What? Your wife obviously does drugs. There's people out there that would say that because they, their mindset, their worldview, they can explain away any supernatural occurrence. Your wife was dreaming. It was a real person. They just disappeared. Your wife's just making it up. Are we prepared to stand there and tell the truth and preach the gospel, to fight the battles, to reach out to a lost and dying world and give them life? I forget how it's going to end this, but I'm going to end it this way. If you are ready to be prepared in this season, I want to open the altar this morning and I want you to come up. We'll have pastors and elders here that will pray with you specifically. I want to pray with you as a body of Christ. If you can't come up, if you're not physically able, just raise your hand, both hands in the air as we're praying. 
Listen, if we can't take a step of faith and be bold and confident in Christ in the house of God, we'll never do it out there. I was always embarrassed to come up front for a long, long time, most of my life. I was convinced that if I came up front, people were like, well, I know why he's up there. He's up there because his marriage is struggling or he's up there because uh, he lost his job or he's up there because this or that. First of all, they probably don't know. But second of all, who cares? Are we going to come up and get prepared for this battle to get prepared to share the good news of Christ? Or are we just going to continue to sit back and be impotent in the kingdom of God and just wait for him to come back and get us? Whether I'm standing here alone or every single person comes up here, I want to be prepared. I want to fight against the enemy. I'm sick of just sitting back and waiting for the battles to come to me. I'm going to go find them. The word tells us that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. I've never seen a gate move. Are we going to go and fight and battle at the gates of hell and pull people out of the hand of Satan and pull people out of death and into life in Christ? That's what I want to prepare for. I'm not just being dramatic. I'm not just saying this to make everybody feel good or, or get you motivated or something like that. So that way on Tuesday afternoon, you'll read your Bible and then forget about it. I want us as a body of Christ here at Jonathan Creek Christian Church to be prepared for what's coming. To be prepared to fight the enemy, to be prepared to preach the gospel no matter what anybody says or thinks or does about it. If you are ready to be prepared, if you're ready to put aside all of the excuses, all of the doubts, all of the guilt and the shame, the embarrassment, whatever it is that prevents you from walking in the fullness of Christ, I want you guys to come up here right now. Whoever's ready to be prepared, if you are able, I want you to come up. If you're not able, I want you to, as we pray, to put both hands up in the air. This isn't, I, I'm not asking to come up to validate myself or anything like that. I know there's some people that are going to think, well, he's just doing this because it's going to look cool on the video. I'll cut this out of the video. I don't care. If the Lord tells me not to even post it, I'll delete the file before I leave this building. This isn't for show. This isn't for clout. This isn't to make us look good or make anybody excited. This is to get the army of God prepared for the battle that we are facing in this world. This is people standing on their own two feet with their arms up saying, I am ready. I will defend God at all costs. The majority of the apostles died and were killed in horrendous fashions because they were prepared to stand for the truth. A time is coming where we will be the minority. It's already very close. A time is coming when we will face persecution more than just somebody commenting on a Facebook post. There's going to time where, be a time coming soon where some of us are going to lose our jobs because we will profess Christ. There's going to come a time where people that will profess Christ won't be allowed to, to go into the marketplace and buy and purchase things when it gets really bad. It's time now that we be prepared to walk in the fullness of of the glory of God and the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna pray with you and then we're gonna sing a song, Yes, I Will, and I want you to sing that with all of your heart. I'm gonna sing as loud as I can and I am not good. So trust me, I'll go back there, I'll turn the volume all the way up if you don't want anybody to hear you. It's time to be prepared. Let's pray and let's sing, yes, God, I will. Yes, I will walk in the fullness that you have for me. I will walk in your spirit on a daily basis. Father, I thank you so much for this group of people, this body of Christ, this remnant that you have placed here, Lord. Father, we are here and we are saying, yes, we will, God. Use us, send us wherever we should go. Lord, our only response to you right now in this house is yes. Yes, we will serve you. Yes, we will speak of you. Yes, we will bind you on our hands and on our foreheads and take you everywhere that we go. Yes, we will face the battles that you have for us to face. Yes, we will walk in victory. Not because it's easy, but because you are there. Not because it will bless us, Lord, because your presence is there.
because lives will change. Hearts will be saved because of it. Lord, lead us deeper with you. Draw us in closer to you. Lord, I speak against all of the excuses that come forward right now in the name of Jesus. Whether it's someone standing on the stage, including myself or anybody on this room, Lord, we reject these excuses in Jesus' name. Lord, we bind the spirits of bondage over our bodies in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak against the enemy and we declare his schemes and his tactics null and void in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak life over our bodies. We speak life over our spirits. We speak life over our children and our families. Lord, we speak life over this church. Lord, help us prepare for this season, for our lives, for what's next in you. Lord, we love you. And we give it all to you right now. Use us how you would. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.